The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Ed of the Week. There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set. Give yourself a hand or take two. They're small, tiny in fact, teeny tiny. And they're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code CESCA at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. Okay, but... Okay. Now, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Okay. Honey? Sure. There's yeah. no words there to play us out. What does that mean, to play us out? It's, it's Sting is going to do, it's a video, Sting video. Okay. What is... For credits. I don't know what that means, to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah, yeah. All right, go, go. In five, four, three... That's tomorrow, and that is it. Again, five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a... I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I'll write it, and we'll do it live! Fucking thing sucks! In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. Hello, Bob. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I have a few things to talk about today. It is uh, Thursday, April 6, 2017, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob, and we're brought to you by the best soap in the world. That's right. Bubble Genius. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you want free legal advice, head over to thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chez. Or just click the link on the podcast page. You can't miss it. Charles Bowen talking into an old-timey telephone and his uh, lack of technology there is no indication of his lawyerly prowess. All right. Uh, plenty to talk about today, but uh, before we get into it, let's bring in our, uh, our very special guest for today. Let's do that. I love that thing here. <laughs> here he is, Buzz Burbank. Buzz Burbank.com, RealmNetwork.com, Buzz Burbank News and Comment. Thank you for joining uh, me again today. Thank you for having me back. I I had a wonderful time, uh, the first time, and uh, the reception. I I thank everybody for the kind words. Uh, I I really enjoy it, and I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Oh, my God. Buzz, I'm I'm glad you're here today because uh, I need some, uh, let's just say I need some hand-holding. I, you know... I'm beginning to think that I have a record with podcast partners that's not unlike Spinal Tap drummers. We lost Chez uh, about a month ago. Uh, Before that, there was a guy named Elvis Dingledean who lasted on the show for about a year until... Well, he had to go away for for reasons I don't want to get into on the show. that's, That's a story for another day. Before that, I had a podcast partner, and his name was Lee Stranahan. Lee Stranahan was, at the time, was a recovering libertarian. He identified as a progressive. We did a show called <laughs> we did a show called Agree to Disagree with Bob and Lee. And and it was basically Lee's show. And and we did it, we did that maybe once a week through blog talk radio for about a year. 
Right. And uh, and then suddenly the show just evolved into Lee and I just shouting at each other for an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's not. That's not, it. Doesn't work. Eh? Yeah. That's not healthy. <laughs> no, it's, it's not good it's, for you, Bob. And it's not entertaining at all. And <laughs> and then so we we ended that show. Lee Stranahan went on to become uh, in the early days of the Obama administration went on to become Andrew Breitbart's right hand man. Oh well, he, that worked <laughs> out well, didn't it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> And uh, and and from there he became pretty well known in the Breitbart circles. He was sort of a bright. He became a Breitbart conservative, sure, and made a big name for himself over there. Now we find out that Lee Stranahan <laughs> is uh, no longer working for Breitbart. Lee Stranahan is working for Sputnik. <laughs> the, that that would seem the natural progression. <laughs> You know, if that's yeah. he's on he's on track in his career. That's right. So I mean, going going from uh, uh, being a progressive, and then we see the thing we used to fight about all the time was Obamacare. It was in the process of Obamacare being debated and passed, right? And we were just shouting at each other all the time. And then I said, you know what, this guy's out of his mind. And of course, then he goes on and proves the fact that he's out of his mind, uh-huh. and, and going around now uh, bragging about how he's now on. The Russian government payroll. Jeez. You know. <laughs> this is madness. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to interject. This is why I don't necessarily trust libertarians. <laughs> um, in fact, uh, I'll just be gutsy and say it. I don't trust libertarians. Uh, first of all, uh, to me, they have always been Republicans in sheep's clothing. Uh, you know, I, I think at their heart, they are Republicans. They say they're libertarian because they reject a lot of uh, party uh, tradition. Yep, but uh, they uh, they they still think like Republicans. Oh, I know. And I know. and and I was surprised to hear you say he identified himself as progressive. It sounds like this guy wanted to be something, <laughs> and and he wasn't sure what. And that may also be the case with libertarians. Yep. Uh, but you know, he made the natural progression into uh, you know right, the right, and and then the far right, and now, like I said, logically, Russia. Well, what they say, Buzz, is they say libertarians are Republicans that you have to block on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's well, the uh, there's some truth to that. <laughs> that's I, I know. I know a nice libertarian. I I don't agree yeah. with him. I I still think he's a Republican right. in libertarian clothing, but but I have a lot of respect for him, and then nonetheless, and uh, and he's one of our hosts on this network with yep. with really the conservative uh, show that that uh, the network presents as well. Here's the story from the Atlantic. A former Breitbart news writer is launching a radio show for Russian propaganda network Sputnik. Oh, boy. I'm on the Russian payroll now. When you work at Sputnik, you're being paid by the Russians. Former Breitbart investigative reporter Lee Stranahan told uh, Rosie Gray, that's what it is. I don't have any qualms about it. Nothing about it really affects my position on stuff that I've already had for years now. Uh-huh. That's Lee Stranahan. Boy, I, I'm so proud. Buzz, wh- what's going to happen to you? I, I, I'm imagining next, <laughs> what are you going to become like a uh, like the uh, the communications director for the Trump White House or something? I'm, well, I'm no, half I'm, expecting I'm in, that. I'm in, oh God, who would want that job <laughs> except someone who was just oblivious? And, and, right. And it sounds like he's found the right person for that. I, I just, you know, it's it just, it's unbelievable. I think I'm going to be okay. I I feel healthy, and I don't think I'm going to go mentally over the edge because in spite of all the crap, and and a lot of it is really serious crap. You Uh, know, we're talking about North Korea and Syria. Yeah, yeah. Uh, In spite of all the crap and the Russia thing and everything else, all the other corruption and everything, you know, in spite of all of that, I keep seeing little rays of hope, little good things happening along the way. Some really good things have happened in the last few days alone uh, that that are encouraging and are reason for hope in spite of it. Now, that doesn't mean we can't be terrified by the situation we're in (laughs) and worry if we're going to be able to do something in time. But nonetheless, in the meantime, we do have hope. So I will hold your hand today and, and do what I can in that regard. Tell me a good story, Buzz. I, I'm, I'm sitting here, my hands are folded, and I'm waiting for the good news. I just want there to be something. You know, first of all, I guess the best news is Devin Nunes recusing himself. Well, there you uh, go. Yep. As lead of, of the House uh, intelligence investigation into Trump Russia. That's a good thing. Uh, you know, looking around, and in spite of the Trump administration, and although this is subject to change, 
uh, for now, uh, the uh, the bathroom law in North Carolina is mm-hmm. gone. Yep. And uh, we've had a federal court rule that uh, the sex discrimination provisions of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 apply to sexual orientation, which I think most of us believed anyway. Yeah. But now that's been confirmed by a court. And, and, and that has wonderful ramifications. Now, there's sort of the downside, and there's an asterisk on everything. The downside is that uh, with a Trump Supreme Court, uh, which is where we're apparently headed, or maybe we <laughs> yeah. already are there, uh, you know, with that, uh, we could lose everything. We could lose Roe v. Wade. We could, there, there is a, the list is endless of, mm. of, of the bad things that could happen. The good news is things are still being done to freeze this administration, yeah, uh, and and progress is being made, and so I'm I'm very encouraged about that. There, there have been other good developments too, and I'll I'll mention them as I think of them. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the, the thing that always blows me away, Buzz, is that uh, whenever I see video of the town halls with all of these people right. showing up, I mean, there was a situation where uh, I forget which senator it was. It was a Republican senator who decided not to uh, support the, uh, I, I think it's had something to do with the filibuster of Gorsuch, he decided not to support uh, Mitch McConnell's pledge to uh, blow it up. Yeah. And and a bunch of citizens turned out not to protest this Republican senator, but a bunch of Democrats showed up at the senator's office and recorded a big thank you message to, yes, to that I particular saw. senator. I think I think it had to do with the filibuster. I don't remember exactly what the topic was. I love this involvement. And, and if I can sidetrack us for a moment on something that's been on my mind that I really have been wanting to say. Sure. It's uh, first of all, who do we blame for the situation we're in? And, and uh, although blame isn't always the important thing, lessons can be garnered from it. Uh, uh, number one, in my mind, the people I'm angriest at for putting us in this position are the people who didn't vote. Yeah, they are the largest group of people who are who have uh, to pardon the, the expression the most blood on their hands. Mm-hmm. They they bear the most responsibility for where we are now. Trump supporters are outnumbered by the people who don't vote. And let me go on to say that a, a Gallup poll showed that most Americans, a majority of Americans, don't know who Neil Gorsuch is and have no opinion. Most, let me say that again. Most Americans have no opinion oh, about God. whether or not he should sit on the United States Supreme Court, <laughs> even is- though it will affect their lives for decades to come. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was like, I was, I was on Twitter earlier, and as they were doing the roll call vote uh, on whether or not to, to nuke the filibuster on Gorsuch, right. the, the number one trending topic on Twitter, mm-hmm. hashtag National Burrito Day. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, something in that case, our our love of food supersedes just about everything. Not just any food, burritos. Who who doesn't like a good burrito? Uh, You know, but 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 there is hope. And, And so what lessons can we draw from? the blame that a lot of us share uh, uh-huh. for the situation we're in. Well, uh, the first lesson is, as I said today on Facebook, history has taught us the cost of not paying attention. That's right. All you have to do is look at World War II mm-hmm. and what led up to it and Americans' lack of interest or involvement uh, or the lack of desire to be involved, to be good citizens, for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. We need more. And that's the great thing about these town halls, you mentioned, and and an encouraging thing. Uh, people are being good citizens, whether they're protesting or thanking a lawmaker for doing the right thing. This is a wonderful, this this makes my heart grow three sizes like the Grinch. <laughs> uh, and this, is a, this is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So the, the, the first lesson for those who didn't care, didn't participate, don't yeah. care, don't participate, the lesson there is history has taught us that that can make very bad things happen. Yeah. And to the people who supported Trump, I have two lessons. I hope that most of them will learn. As I said the last time, uh, there's always going to be this sort of radical fringe. You're never going to get them. They're crazy, and you you can't talk to crazy. So (laughs) there's a certain percentage we're just going to have to write off. But fortunately, they are, in the end, a small minority. All you have to do is look at Trump's 34% approval rating now to know mm-hmm. that. Exactly. That they are vastly outnumbered. And so the lessons I hope they learn, and, and then I'll wrap this up, is uh, be careful of the decisions you make, mm-hmm. the long-term important decisions you make when you're angry. We don't make good decisions when we're angry. And many of the people who voted this year, whether they were Sanders supporters or to a much greater degree, 
Trump supporters went to the polls angry, looking for revenge, and they didn't much care who they voted for to make that happen, uh, to send that message. And so, by golly, they sent their message to spite their noses. <laughs> and and the other thing that I – so be careful. Uh, don't make long-term important decisions if you're angry. And the other lesson is be careful what you wish for or what you think you wish for. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, and, and so these are lessons that I hope those who didn't participate and those who supported Trump ultimately get out of this. And like I said, I think the American people will catch on to this the vast majority of them, and they will come around, and we're getting there. And, and, and you see it happening in the polls. Trump supporters have dropped off. Uh, white men who were his biggest supporter, uh, they're down six points just in the, in the last uh, couple of months, just since uh, Trump took office. Yeah. Uh, a rural vote is down 5%. Their support of Trump is down. Uh, his support base is crumbling away now, in addition to the independents who voted for him and certainly uh, the Democrats. So we already have a sizable majority of this country that's on the same page, and that's encouraging. I, I don't know whether to be grateful uh, to the Republican, the Trump voters who are now starting to see all of this for what it really is, or to be just viciously furious with them for just <laughs> well, wh- where were you uh, s- uh, several months ago before the election when we were all saying, "Look at this monster! Look at this monster!" and he Bob, had this completely unqualified, incompetent people make, monster. People make mistakes, Bob. You, you have to, well, look at Bill okay. O'Reilly. Well, in that case. <laughs> <laughs> look, at, look at Bill O'Reilly if you don't believe me. Yeah, people make mistakes. Well, you know, we, we do want to we do want to talk about Bill O'Reilly a little bit today. Um, I also, you know, we, let's let's just dive in with Steve Bannon here. We started talking right. about uh, uh, Devin Nunes, uh, that being good news, and Steve Bannon also being good news. Booted off the uh, Mo- NSA presidential yeah. committee. Yeah. Uh, sadly, now see, I have to I have to be Mr. Negative here oh, and, put great. A, and put an asterisk on that Thank because you. Steve Bannon will still be able to and. <laughs> will apparently still sit in on the National Security Council meetings. He will just no longer be an official member, but he'll still right. be there. And he's still whispering into the ear of Donald Trump, uh, whose uh, people rep- are represented there at that at, as part of that National Security Council. It helps. It's encouraging. And I think public pressure uh, had a lot to do with this. Uh, but yeah, Bannon is off the National Security Council, and that, uh, not to take away from it, is a good thing. Do you think that's a legitimate decision to to bust him out of the NSC or or was it something that was some sort of political jujitsu going on some sort of oh, calculus there that I think it was another ham-handed bit of politics but yeah. but, but I, so I think it's for appearance to answer your question but it's still a pretty good start you yeah. know I mean that's that's how it starts that's how we the people start shaping or reshaping or restricting, in this case, the White House. What do you make of this little tidbit that's getting lost in, of course, the melee, lost in the uh, the tennis ball machine of the uh, of all this reporting going on, is the fact that the, the White House is just sort of quietly injecting into the conversation the fact that the reason Steve Bannon was put on the NSC Principals Committee was uh-huh. to keep an eye on Mike Flynn. Have you right. seen that? This is unbelievable to that. me yeah. because it yeah. seems like uh, what they're doing here is they're not just explaining why Steve Bannon was put on the principals committee. They're also trying to set up Mike oh, sure. Flynn as sure. a scapegoat on, on the right. Russia thing. Well, and you know, but this always backfires. The great thing about that <laughs> is, what do you think? What do you think? position Flynn is going to take at this point oh you know they've they've just pissed him off and they're pissing him off more every day uh and the more they piss him off the more he's going to have to say uh he's still probably gonna go to jail yeah I I, you know and I'm hearing more Democratic lawmakers say I think some folks are going to jail I've been saying that for six weeks now (laughs) yeah Uh, but that may have been just hopeful, you know, wishful thinking at that point. Who's your Who's your going to jail list? I've got Mike oh, Flynn, man. Paul Manafort, and Carter Page. I think all three of them are going to jail. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think that nails the list. I, I geez, there are so many players. I'd have to go over it. Uh, there's a, a Congressman Swalwell in California. Yeah, yeah, uh, Eric, yeah. Eric, I believe his name, uh, keeps a chart on his website, and I check back with it occasionally and uh, print it out in color and hang it in my newsroom here. And I'm I'm looking at it right now. I see 13 people, and I've added a 14th who are connecting uh, Vladimir Putin and and uh, Donald Trump. 
Uh, that's wow. a whole lot of people. That's no freaking coincidence. Yeah. And I would say, in the end, a fair number of them could go to jail. And if enough of them go to jail, I, I think it sets the stage for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Absolutely. And, you know, in, in that regard, I do want to link all of this to what happened today in the U.S. Senate uh, with the uh, nuclear option be, being used and, and the, the destruction of the filibuster, at least when it comes to Supreme Court nominations. I want to talk about that in a minute because that's the Russia thing, of course, ekes into the Gorsuch conversation, too. I mean, I think that that's a, a, we're looking at a very serious thing, maybe one of the most serious aspects of the Russia collusion working its way through the U.S. Senate right now. There's the final vote that's going to happen tomorrow, but today uh, Gorsuch basically was confirmed <laughs> to be an associate justice on the yeah. United States Supreme Court. I do want to get into that, but, okay. but, be, but, but before we dive into Gorsuch, uh-huh. just one other thing as far as uh, uh, what was going on behind the scenes with Steve Bannon and why he was kicked off the NSC, okay, at least good, in terms yeah. of the principles committee. There was also this other tidbit that made its way onto Fox News Channel that I don't know whether or not to believe this. I don't know whether or not to, to perceive this as something that was uh, strategic and, and, and propaganda-ish or whether this is genuine reporting because the guy who mentioned it, John Roberts from Fox News Channel, right. is actually a fairly reputable White House reporter. I mean, John Roberts is kind of a couple, yeah. Yeah, one of the more respectable guys. He's I right. would put him, John Roberts, about the same level as Shep Smith as far as uh, uh, his level of respect at Fox that's, News Channel. But that's pretty high praise for Fox, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, John Roberts is one of these guys who's just a seasoned news anchor and he's not I've never seen John Roberts as being any sort of ideologue or a water carrier for Roger Ailes or whoever right. at, at Fox News Channel. But despite that, he said uh, at the just the tail end of a report yesterday, he said, we're also told that maybe the president was not particularly happy at the way Bannon had been grabbing the limelight. That may have played into all of this. So there's maybe another explanation that uh, that yeah. it was just Donald Trump. And, and we had talked about this, I mean, uh, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago. When Steve Bannon was sort of the uh, was sort of being painted as the Darth Vader, as the Dick Cheney of the the Trump White House, and yeah, the Karl Rove only Karl yeah. Rove times ten, right? And everyone was referring to him as President Bannon, yes, for the sake of trolling Trump to see whether or not Trump would react to fire mm-hmm. Steve Bannon because mm-hmm. Steve Bannon would be seen as the the puppet master, and if right. Donald Trump, Donald Trump, he doesn't like being called a puppet. No Not puppet. States, no puppet. Yeah, no, he doesn't. No. Even when he is one, he doesn't like being called <laughs> right. that. And yeah, I, I do think that I think it was an ego thing. Yeah. I think as critics started referring to Bannon as the real president, uh, that had to really get Mr. Ego. That had to get Mr. Trump. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to use Mr. in front of his name. Uh, I'll call him Mr. Ego. Otherwise, I'll just call him Trump. That's right. Uh, I, and, and by the way, and you know, they didn't teach this in journalism school, but I have not once referred to him as President Trump uh, on, on my report. So he's always Trump or the new president. Or I refer to the new administration or the Trump administration. I just avoid saying President Trump because, frankly, I don't think he's going to be there that long. Yeah, and, you know, I'm so conflicted on that, Buzz. I know uh, Chez was, in fact, the same way. Chez refused to refer to Trump as, as President right. Trump. And I am just, I'm sort of riding the fence on that. There's one side of me that, that wants to respect the office yes, by, yes. by using that honorific in there. But at the same time, the guy is an illegitimate president. He was basically uh, placed in office by Vladimir Putin through a, a long, ongoing disinformation campaign, as well as right. hacking and, and everything else, all of the other collusion that was going on and all of the uh, other attacks. I think it was legitimately attacks on American sovereignty. All of that put Donald Trump in that office. So to refer to him as president, I guess, is technically well, he, correct, he but it's he Jesus, is. it's hard to do that. But but I but I wouldn't do it unless I were painted into a corner and had to. I mean, it, it's just he is the president. I acknowledge that he's the president. I refer <laughs> to him as the new president. I just won't put those two words together. Yeah, uh, yeah I just I don't like that. <laughs> and even I even avoid putting Mister with it uh, uh, yeah. as much as possible. <laughs> Uh, he's either Trump or Donald Trump or, like I said, the new president. <laughs> Here's me. I'm trying to paint myself as taking the high road on this one. And, and <laughs> at the same time, I'm realizing on Twitter, I'm all over Twitter calling him grandpa and old man. I'm calling him <laughs> yeah. Biff Biff Tannen every chance I get. So 
It's this, this thing where, yeah, sure, okay. He's 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 President yeah. Grandpa. Then. All right. right, if he wants to be, yeah, <laughs> he, can, he can pretend he's president. All right, I want to talk to you about Harry's Razors, Buzz, because uh, when we first started advertising Harry's Razors here on this show and throughout the Realm Network, uh, they didn't have a trimmer blade on their uh, on their razor, their, their German engineered five blade razors. Right. And there was no, there was no trimmer blade, and there was they had um, innovations that weren't quite there yet. And people responded and said, "You know what? Damn it, I want a trimmer blade." And I'm so glad that they did that because yeah. How about a, how about a lubricating strip? A, a lubricating strip, right. the trimmer blade, you know, the grippy handle, all of it. Right. This this is Harry's razors responding to consumer demand and that's so seldom ever 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 happens they added those things they have perfected it it feels great in your hand and they did it in response to consumers and they did it without raising the price exactly right exactly right of course any other any other blade company any other uh, razor blade company would of course jacked up the oh we have a trimmer blade now and Uh we have to justify the millions we just spent on advertising it Right. Not Harry's razors. A smooth, clean shave from the blade that gl- that glides like butter and comes right to my door at half the cost of the big name brands. That's what I love about shaving with products from Harry's, from the hefty, balanced handle that fits your hand to the precision-engineered five-blade cartridges that come with a lubricating strip, a trimmer blade, and a travel cover to Harry's rich, lathering shave gel. It all started when Harry's founders, Jeff and Andy, got tired of getting ripped off on blade prices. One big company in particular jacked their prices again and again and made a fortune while we all spent a fortune. Jeff and Andy quickly discovered the problem, the middlemen. So they bought their own factory, one that's been making blades for over 100 years, so they can ship top quality blades directly to you. The result, quality products at your door for half of what you're paying, and that's the Harry's story. Become a part of it. Go to harrys.com right now to try their new shave set free of charge. You just pay the shipping. Sign up at harrys.com slash B-A-N-D-C. And because you're a loyal listener to this podcast, Harry's will even throw in a free post-shave bomb so you can pretend you're Patrick Bateman. Your various morning routines, but only if you log on to harrys.com slash B A N D C. Again, that's harrys.com slash B A N D C. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back to our Thursday show. Thank you for joining us today. Really, really appreciate it. Buzz Burbank is here with us today from BuzzBurbank.com, RealmNetwork.com, Buzz Burbank News and Comment. It's the uh, it's the finest hour of news you will have on the internet ever. Ah, uh, thank you. And it has become an hour. Man, is there a lot to talk about? Yeah, I mean, we were talking yesterday for your latest uh, Buzz Burbank News and Comment. You wrote something like. What was it, like 7,500 words? Yeah, it ended at 7,621 words over 39 pages, written by one person in three days. Do you, <laughs> do you find yourself going, I don't know what to write about today. There's nothing no. going on today. No. You know what happens, just like an inside <laughs> thing. I write most of the news, you know, in the yep. couple of days leading up to the newscast, but I'll leave one story aside. Obviously, most of the time that story is Trump-Russia. Right. And so I don't even try to write that because, you know, stuff keeps unfolding. <laughs> and yeah. so I wait until, and I write it last, even though it's going to go in the first segment. And, and so I, I hold out for that. But what I end up with is a couple of pages of notes. Mm-hmm. And and I, I write, I take notes by hand of the things I, I read and, and watch and that sort of thing. And then I do my own research. But how do you collate all of this data? How do you, you know, you've got Carter Page over here. You've got Manafort over here. You got, yeah. yeah, all these characters to follow. And how do you paint this picture and tie it all together so it's it's a it's a challenge uh but ultimately somehow i seem to ring it out yeah it sounds like you're also uh festooning your newsroom there with all kinds of additional research materials keeping the it's almost as if you're like in true detective or so you're like matthew mcconaughey in true detective Uh, in the uh self-storage space with all this stuff all around the walls i need i need your cork board with the little cards (laughs) what i have now is mainly is the chart of players and then hanging underneath that sort of a bibliography or whatever of the of the various uh, characters and just you know brief backgrounds on them yeah. as a reminder of who they are and what their involvement is 
And uh, that that sort of, if I get confused at any point, you know, Bob, what they say, you can't tell the players without a program. <laughs> That's right. So I, I have a program, thankfully. Yeah, you know, I had a, uh, I had started a dry erase board. I got a dry erase bar uh, on the wall of my office here. And I started writing down things, like Trump right. things, things I got to remember, things I can right. just quickly reference on the show, or as I'm writing something up, I can go and look and see what's, you know, sort of the, the touchstones of the Trump administration so far. And uh, let's see, what I've got so far. This is just as this is so rudimentary because I stopped keeping track of it. I just stopped. Yes. It just became too many things. And the, and the dry erase board was filled up. And I don't know where right. where else to put the rest other than to get a larger dry erase. I think we're going to need a bigger dry erase board. Your, your uh, basket I've, got full of tennis balls. Exactly. There's too many tennis balls. I've got uh, nukes, Obamacare repeal, destabilizing death of presidential, whining slash winning, Russia slash Putin, alternative facts, martial law. Remember martial law? He was going to oh, send yes. the feds into Chicago. Right. Yeah, seems it seems like it. years ago, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> the, the last show we did together seems like years ago because stuff <laughs> happened so fast. That's right. I got, and I've got, let's see, voter fraud conspiracy. That turned out to be a big deal. And then, oh, someone, someone has clandestinely added to my list. Small hands equals small d- that wasn't me. I didn't write that. Someone has come in. My uh, girlfriend, Kimberly, came in and you, wrote that down on the list, too, because she you, thought you it was... Have a, you have a supporter. Yeah, someone's actually <laughs> providing you material support. Yes, yes. Uh, so, something extra always gets added to the Trump list, not not by my hand. Yeah. Um, certainly, we got to talk about Neil Gorsuch now, because that's happened just before we started the show today. And the thing that I can't get beyond here is um, the overall chess move here by Mitch McConnell, because what is certain is that the next action by the Senate that's on the nuclear option chopping block will be the legislative filibuster. Right. And by nuking that today, which uh, Mitch McConnell successfully did with the, the final vote on confirming uh, Neil Gorsuch happening on Friday... Uh, what he basically did today by nuking the, uh, the filibuster on a Supreme Court justice nominees and all nominees moving into the future. No more filibuster on this anymore. He has invited the Democrats after, let's say, 2020 when let's we could have 2020. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could have a Democratic president and we could have a Democratic Senate, certainly a Democratic House, because I think the House is going to fall in 2018. But by 20, uh, 2020, 2021, uh, we could have an entirely Democratic White House and, and Congress and with no more legislative filibuster because it would be very simple for the Democrats at that point for Chuck Schumer to basically say, hey, you know what? You killed the filibuster on the Supreme Court nominees, stealing uh, Merrick Garland's seat. We're going to kill the filibuster on the, on, legislative, uh, on the legislative process, and therefore we're going to be able to pass our entire very, very progressive agenda. I mean, there is that. I mean, we talk about good sure. news. There is maybe some good news yeah. at the end of this tunnel. I, you know, I don't know if I want to win that way. I, I will. Here's, I know. here's how. Here's how I'd play it. And and you know, they. Well, it's again. This goes in a million different directions. But uh, the way I would play it, if I were uh, Speaker of the House for the Democrats or uh, President of the Senate for uh, the Democrats. I, I would I would uh, threaten I would I would I would try to restore because I would try to restore things the way they have been the way they had been I would try to do away with the changes that have been made and I find myself wondering and wishing I knew more about of the things we are changing whether it's the president or the Republican yep. Congress how much of this can we change back I, I think <laughs> yeah. I think most I think most of it so what if the the Democrats took power. And they leveled the playing field. They they left themselves open. They dropped uh, that uh, you know that fifty one vote uh, threshold and went back to the sixty vote uh, vote threshold. What if we did that and then reminded the Republicans, "We'll put it back if you don't behave, if you don't, <laughs> yeah. if you don't play right." In other words, I would rather use it as a card, as a card to hold, rather than actually because this action by the Republican Senate has destroyed the legislative process virtually. Yep. I mean, it was already very sick, and now, because of this, it's in critical condition. Democracy is obviously led by the majority, but in this country, our democracy also uh, contemplates and listens to the beliefs of the minority. Yep. This change eliminates that and changes democracy itself. This is a horrible 
horrible, horrible development. Again, I hope we can change it back. I hope that Democrats have the moral fortitude to put it back, even at their own peril, but hold it as a card, Mm -hmm. if they have that power, to basically keep the Republicans from getting cocky. You know, one of the things I've been screaming about for the, at least the last year or so in the context of Donald Trump is the lack of regard for our political traditions. And it's our political traditions, it's a certain level of decorum by our political leaders that bind the whole thing together. And and it's that system that's supposed to protect us from Trump and Manafort and all those people. Exactly, exactly. And, and as we slowly begin to whittle away at those traditions, which Donald Trump is doing every guy damn every time he opens up twitter and starts tweeting he's destroying traditions and it's creating damage damage that you can't you can't put that egg back in the shell in many cases because the way the system works here is and and at least based on precedent is that once that's out there once the all the terrible things in pandora's box are out there then it just gets worse and worse and worse. It's sort of a we didn't start the fire kind of thing. Like, yeah. like Mitch McConnell can say, well, you know what? Uh, Harry Reid eliminated the filibuster on uh, judicial nominees. We're going to eliminate the filibuster on Supreme Court nominees. And then the Democrats will come in and say, well, okay, we're going to eliminate the filibuster on legislation. So we're back to a simple majority for everything and no more filibuster for this, uh, you know, formerly respectful deliberating body, the United States Senate. But the, the worst part about all of this, the, the thing that I just can't digest, this is what just uh, I, I become infuriated when I, whenever I think about it in these terms. Donald Trump is accused of colluding with the Russian government to hijack our election. It's the work, Buzz, you and I have both been doing for many, many weeks now. Talking about this, going over this um, uh, with uh, just about every respectable news outlet, covering this from top to bottom. Uh, And we all know, to a certain extent, that Donald Trump is crooked and that he's got his talons in uh, the Russian oligarchs and they have their talons in him. One way or another, how all of that works, we still have yet to find out the particular details about that. But the bottom line is that a guy who is deeply corrupt, who has allowed uh, Vladimir Putin to infiltrate our democratic process, to attack American soil using information warfare and our own people as his infantrymen, has now appointed successfully an associate justice to the Supreme Court. Yeah, let me I, let me say I don't think that there's any connection between Russia and Neil Gorsuch in in so. terms of Russia's desires. I don't think Russia cares one way or another mm. whether Neil Gorsuch is confirmed. Maybe, your, maybe your, not. Yeah. Your 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 bigger point and 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 uh, one I wholeheartedly agree with is that uh, a president under investigation uh, by the FBI Counterintelligence Division and now two intelligence committees in our Congress, uh, it should not be making these kind of decisions. Yeah. But this takes me to the something I've believed all along about Trump, at least uh, certainly since the election, and that is that uh, why do... Why, you have to ask yourself, why... I love examining motives. Why do Republicans uh, put up with Trump? Yeah. Why, did, why was pussy-grabbing okay with them? Why, why is any of this okay with them? Yeah. Why... Because they only care about one thing, winning, which is what this uh, filibuster-crushing oh, vote yeah. is about. Yeah. They, they only care about winning. They don't know what to do with it a lot of times when they do uh, witness health care. Uh, they, they bitched for seven years about Obamacare, said, we're going to change that, got in there, and now they have to go home to their districts for two weeks uh, with the knowledge that they failed, that, that after seven years, they only had, in their defense, they only had seven years to prepare for this moment. Uh, they, they, they failed. They couldn't do it. Even once they, they know how to win, they just don't know what to do with it when they're done with it. So what are their motives for putting up with Donald Trump? Because while we're all distracted with Trump, they can get away with the agenda they've been wanting all along deregulation a conservative supreme court and on and on and on and uh, this is their opportunity so yes they know trump is crazy i love uh, woody allen had a joke in his stand-up in in 1962 uh when he was doing clubs in new york (laughs) and he said uh, growing up uh mental illness was a problem in my family my my brother was crazy Uh, he thought he was a chicken and so we we thought about getting him some help but we needed the eggs and (laughs) That's 
That's the Republicans need the eggs. <laughs> yep. So they're keeping the chicken. They're letting Donald Trump believe he's a chicken so they can continue to get eggs. This is their opportunity to get all that stuff done that they've wanted to do for so very long. Like I said, my hope is we can un- undo it all in a couple of years or so. It's such a gambit, though. It really is because what they're doing is they're linking themselves to someone who is absolutely crashing and burning. It's such a high-risk game that they're playing. Oh, and-, they, and, and you know what? I think they know that, and I think they're learning it more every day, but right now they're winning. Right now, they're getting the things on their agenda that they wanted, and that's all they care about. This is the moment they have been waiting for. But we're still we're still a year and a half out from the midterms, and anything can happen in that time. I mean, certainly it's a matter of well, sure, Donald Trump his his poll numbers could absolutely skyrocket. I have no doubt in my mind that if he engages in some sort of uh, adventurism overseas, if he goes into uh, Syria and it it really heats up there, he's already in Syria, by the way. secretly put boots on the ground in Syria. Uh, But, I mean, if it goes forward with uh, cruise missile strikes there, if he goes forward with cruise missile strikes against uh, North Korea or worse, uh, if there's some sort of uh, terrorist attack on American soil, uh, what we've seen in the past, and of course, the past isn't always precedent when it comes to the Donald Trump era. Every, you know, we're, we're in a new paradigm now. So there is right. that to, to temper what I'm about to say. But the fact is, is that in the past, whenever there's an event like that, the numbers go through the roof, especially for a Republican president. So there is that possibility yeah. for the congressional Republicans to hang their hat on and say, OK, it might be OK, because there might be something that's going to come along and the worm's going to turn on this guy and he's going to do so much better in the polls. And we can actually use that to get reelected in 2018. But the smarter money is on the crash and burn, because what we've seen so far is crash and burn, especially in the polls, especially in his day to day operations and his negotiations now with the Freedom Caucus over uh, Trump care and trying to undermine Paul Ryan. I mean, who knows? This guy's a a major, major disruption candidate. And and a lot of people went into the campaign or went into the election voting for Donald Trump because they thought he was going to be crazy like a fox. And it uh-huh. turns out he's just <laughs> effing crazy. <laughs> crazy like a fox with rabies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then the thing is, I mean, I guess you, you got to... In a strange way, in a weird sort of way, you got to take your hats off to uh, to, to Mitch McConnell and, and Paul Ryan for having the guts to play this high risk game with oh. linking themselves to Donald Trump because it's only a matter of time. What we're seeing on Russia and everything else, it is uh, the the entire world is about to crash and burn down onto Donald Trump's head. And uh, and they're going to be right there with them. I mean, already we have a roll call vote for everyone who voted to support uh, a Supreme Court nominee put onto the bench uh-huh. by a guy who may have colluded with Russia to hijack the election. This goes on their permanent record. Yes. <laughs> it does. It does. And we can. Uh, and, and that's the thing that always astonishes me, even in the modern age, even here right. in 2017, where there are so many uh, members of Congress, actually from both parties, who entirely forget the fact that there's this thing called the Internet in which you put www dot something and up comes information that can be used against them uh, very swiftly. More more people are realizing that. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, you know, I think especially when they more lawmakers are realizing it, when they hear from their constituents, uh, whether it's uh, something good or something bad, people are paying closer attention now and lawmakers are starting to notice mm-hmm. that people are paying closer attention and that they're going to have to answer for some of these things. That message will become more clear next year yeah. uh, in, in the midterm elections. Uh, so, I, you know, I, again, I, I see some hope here. Uh, the, it's, a, it's a race against time. Uh, in the meantime, hoping we don't uh, go to war or multiple wars or world war or nuclear war uh, because of the way foreign policy is being conducted and by whom. Yeah. I'm sure you saw this. I'm I, I, I sidetracking again. Uh, the president's 36-year-old son-in-law <laughs> is sitting at the table with the Iraqi government. I know. And, and sitting oh next to God. him is Donald Trump's bodyguard. <laughs> now they, oh, my they God. Have, what the hell is that? 
they have secret service people there, so the bodyguard is not there for protection. The bodyguard no. is sitting at the 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 grown up table. He's sitting at the grown ups table, and for all we know, he's participating in the discussion. Why is Donald Trump's bodyguard negotiating with the Iraqis and 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 this thirty six year old son in law who has no experience at government, no experience in the military, no experience at foreign policy, has very little business experience except that he inherited a business, uh, and this guy is running that and everything else. Uh, he may be the real president, so it's just insanity. Right now, but if you take an issue like Gorsuch, for example, yeah, Republicans have such a, a major uh, turgid erection for getting that done Thank you willing, for the use of the word turgid wins the internet today. They're, 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 willing, they're willing to take that chance, yeah. Bob. They're willing to gamble that they'll get away with this because this is the moment they've been waiting for. You steal the cupcake when nobody's looking. And what I just tell you about uh, public opinion about Gorsuch, nobody yeah. cares. Exactly. So th- they might get away with this uh, uh, politically. Uh, it's just it's going to cost the country for decades to come. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know Rick Wilson, who, if you watch MSNBC, he's a regular Republican commentator. He's an anti-Trump Republican, very famously mm-hmm. uh, on MSNBC. Uh, I think he's a former Rand Paul advisor. I, I, I'm not not exactly sure on that, but regardless, he said on Twitter the other day, Mitch McConnell doesn't care about the screaming. Mitch McConnell doesn't give a rip about people uh, uh, protesting and, and, and getting all uh, bitchy about the uh, the nuking of the filibuster. He's going to do what he's got to do, or more specifically, what he wants to do. And in this case, it was to, uh, to use the n- nuclear option against the filibuster. Um, the thing that I can't get beyond buzz is the gigantic orange elephant in the room, which is the fact that, and again, got to put this in the simplest terms possible. Donald Trump just confirmed a Supreme Court justice. Wrong. I mean, that is just amazing to me because I'm always, I'm always rewinding back to the basic premise of the Donald Trump thing, which is that this is a, this guy is nothing more than. Well, at least for for many, many years, for decades, for that matter, he was a a socialite and a doofus and a tabloid star and a reality show host. Mm -hmm. And now he's appointing Supreme Court justices. Ostensibly the most powerful man in the world. Absolutely. And it is to me, that's the thing that I just I can't get beyond that. That guy. That guy, and you know, maybe this is the, uh, the, the sort of the both sides thing that you'll hear from people like Chuck Todd. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, the Republicans said the same thing about Barack Obama. But you know what? Look, Barack, you can't compare in no. any way, shape, or form those two no. leaders. Donald Trump, for decades, has been a punchline in the United States. Just watch the greatest comedy ever made, David Letterman. Uh, uh, treat how David Letterman for many many years would treat Donald Trump every time he'd turn up on the show. Right, and, uh, and I there's thank a, him for that. Exactly, and there's a great clip, in fact, of David Letterman just talking to Paul one night on the show. This was a couple of years ago, before <laughs> I've seen that one too, right yeah. before the retirement. I mean, what's he? Uh-huh. He's he's going to be president now. We he used to just come here and sit here where we'd make fun of his hair, and now he's going to be he's, he could be president of the United States. Yeah, just amazing to me. Well, your your outrage is well placed, is properly placed. Uh, unfortunately, you and I and a few other people stand fairly alone because I again I remind you, and this is the. The sad part, the part that truly brings a tear to my eye, and and that is that most Americans don't know or don't care about this. And uh, uh, so we still obviously have our work cut out for us. You know, we have to take uh, one last break here on the show, Buzz. I have a weird observation about Donald Trump that I want to make, but I want to get to it after we take a short break. It's something that I haven't, I don't think I've actually spoken this in public, but just it it comes from the perspective of looking back at, at previous American presidents, and I'm not talking about in the modern area, like say from 1964. I'm talking okay. about you have to go back to like turn of the century. You have to go back to the 1800s. There's there's I, something. I, I remember that time. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold. Short break. Back after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. 
Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, welcome back. Thanks for joining us today. So, you know, just through looking back at the history of the presidency in the United States, it, it we've had we've had quite a few weird, eccentric presidents who not only behave weirdly. But they also look bizarre. Uh-huh. Uh, they have weird names like Millard Fillmore. Fillmore. The first one that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, Grover Cleveland, for God's sake, was president on two non-consecutive terms. Uh, and, you know, with big, weird mustaches and giant beards and funny and, hair. And and great fatness and uh, incidents, <laughs> yeah. in, incidents in bathtubs and affairs and it just goes on and on. But we've had some real characters, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, hunters, big game hunters for presidents, weird stuff. It seems in a weird way when I really, really just I, I ignore all of the, the terrible things and I just look at the idea of Donald Trump at pres- as president of the United States and I go, you know what? In a strange way, it fits. Uh-huh. It it, it it fits because we've had other bizarre, eccentric presidents. Most of the time, though, they don't last very long. They, <laughs> they yeah. either uh, check out halfway through their term or uh, they only serve one term. There were a lot of one-term uh, eccentric presidents in the latter half of the 19th century. That happened quite a bit. So, you know, if I try to allow myself to sleep at night, that's how I kind of do it. That's how I well, lullaby myself I, to sleep. Well, maybe you know, I don't, I don't want to be the guy to take that away from you, Bob. <laughs> <Okay>. but, <laughs> but, but none of those guys, as <laughs> odd as they were, none yeah. of those guys uh, were bought and paid for by Russia. Exactly right. I mean, uh, we, we haven't had this before. Uh, this is, this is, this is new and serious and scary territory. Yeah. I wish it was just as easy as being eccentric. That we could have a lot of fun with. We could still keep Alec Baldwin employed and 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 run with that. But it's it's you know, you if you don't laugh you you cry, but it's getting harder to make proper jokes about about yep. all this cuz some of this stuff is is really really serious and for the long term, I, I now see it. Now I'm being Mr. Downer. <laughs> yeah, th- thanks. Thanks a lot, Debbie You're Downer. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's the thing. Um, what's bothering me right now with regard to the Russia story is um, on top of everything that's been going on, the the ongoing uh, uh, explosion of news stories every damn day. Right. Uh, but on top of that, it seems as we get closer and closer to Donald Trump's face with this story as soon as, as we get closer and closer to his desk where the yeah. buck is supposed to stop right uh we find more and more resistance and it's not just from the trumpers yeah. it's not just from the republicans we're starting to hear it from our left now and uh i just wrote a piece uh, by way of a plug here i just wrote a piece for the the daily banters members area or for i think it, no i think it's for the the banter magazine in fact so there's several uh, pieces one by me in which i just completely ripped matt taibbi uh, for his yeah. latest article in Rolling Stone. I don't know if you've seen it, but he talks about... It, it's called basically Putin derangement syndrome. And it warns uh, people both left and right for uh, really digging into the Russia story. And it's kind of amazing to see that from Matt Taibbi. Now, Eric Bollert uh, from Media Matters posted a reaction on Twitter. And by the way, Eric Bollert is one of the people that uh, Matt Taibbi goes after in this article as having uh, Putin derangement syndrome. But Eric Bollert was like, uh, you know, I'm sure glad uh, Rolling Stone didn't uh, downplay the Watergate reporting in 1973. Rolling Stone, of all magazines, is downplaying 
the Russia story through their, one of their premier writers, for God's sake. I, I, I understand where Matt's coming from. I think he's wrong. I disagree with him, but I understand where he's coming from. We, you and I, for example, yeah. are walking, uh, really, and maybe already have, a, 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 we're on a very dangerous line here. Yeah. We're, we're very close to sounding like the right-wing conspiracy nuts, and we can't afford to let that happen because what we have to say i think is very 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 important yeah and so we have to be careful that's one of the reasons uh, honestly that i'm cautious about making any direct connection between uh, russia and gorsuch for example yeah i i think gorsuch is just what the republicans you know it's their wet dream it's what they wanted all along uh and 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 i think it would have happened with or without russian involvement and i'm not sure russia cares one way or another what we do about abortion i i just don't think so <laughs> yeah you that's know? true uh, so uh, you know i i want to be careful because if i start tying everything to russia then i am going to sound crazy and then i am going to lose credibility and then people are going to look at me like a conspiracy nut uh, no different from the ones who said obama was going to uh, uh declare martial law in texas yeah. you know at which which didn't happen uh <laughs> along with a lot of other things yeah. he said he would do that didn't happen i don't i want to be very careful to f not to fall into that category because what we have to say is important and we must maintain our credibility to get that across that said what we have to say is so important we cannot soften it where it does not deserve to be softened right but I mean, here's the thing in all of this buzz and this is the the, the kind of touchstone that i keep coming back as uh, as i uh continue to uh, scream about the russia collusion and then what happened with the election and everything uh since then that we heard is that god damn it i hope i'm wrong uh, and th I think that's the difference between mm -hmm. what we're doing, and I, I'll, I'll just speak for myself in this case. It's the difference between what I'm doing and what you know Matt Taibbi references in his article, which is Glenn Beck's chalkboard. He thinks that we're all going down the route of Glenn Beck's chalkboard from 2009. Yeah. And I, I find that offensive on many levels. The main one being is that um, Glenn Beck, insisted that he was right and he knew that he was right at least he pretended to we all know <laughs> those of us in radio know that to a certain extent glenn beck is a character that he was nothing more than a morning zoo dj for many many years yeah, and has he admits, made a he admits that now and regrets it yeah i mean he made a conscious business decision to go into uh right-wing talk like so many other djs did yeah so many yeah and that's good good lord we could talk for hours about that um but the fact is that um i actually think and i haven't seen this as a pervasive attitude throughout the russia reporting but speaking for myself again i hope i hope i'm really really wrong about this the only thing is I don't, I'm not sure that I am. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know well, how you feel. That's the same. fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I'm not a hundred percent sure of myself. I, I, here's what I am sure of. Yeah. Something ain't right. You know, <laughs> this, this much I know. Yeah. This much I know. Now, who exactly is to blame, or and then that may be a list of people. Mm -hmm. uh, how far this goes, what Trump knows and what he doesn't know. Yeah. You know, again, all he wanted, he thought, uh, was to be president. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so he hired people who he didn't know who to hire. He has no experience in this arena. So he hired people who were recommended to him. And now we're finding out that uh, those recommendations came at least indirectly, if not directly, from Russia itself. He was so interested in winning. Remember what I said about the Republicans earlier? That. Uh, he didn't much care how, or the people working for him didn't much care how. Either way, uh, and and it's just it's it's a very serious thing. And and uh, you know, I, I I again, I don't know who's going to jail, but I'm pretty sure somebody is. It was yeah. like, is it something here isn't right? Look at the 14 people between uh, Trump and Putin. That's not normal. Right. There's something, you know, so that's why I know we're on the right track here. Well, you know, I, I this occurred to me just now that the uh, link between Gorsuch and Russia, there's there's really no link there. I, I can't find anything that would link those two. So you're, right. I mean, you're exactly spot on when it comes to that. So it's not it's necessarily a something. Matter, yeah, it's simply a matter of that guy trump should not be nominating anyone to the supreme court well here's the big but the big but is that what if there was and I, again this is I, I will fully emphasize and underscore the fact that this is mere speculation right. but but what if there was another candidate on the short list for the supreme court that when asked someone 
with links to Putin said, uh, you know what? Remove that name from the list. We don't we don't want that name. So maybe it wasn't a matter of Russia saying and again, I'm just this is just me spitballing. I don't know. There's no evidence right, here. There's right. no reporting about this. None right. whatsoever. I'm just speculating. What if the Russian influence was not to push Gorsuch, but to eliminate one or more other candidates that would have taken a more anti Russia approach with this issue or that issue or that decision well, or something that's, else. That's possible, but most of the people on Trump's list of twenty that he started with yeah. were all pretty much of the same ilk. Yeah, uh, they were. They so uh, you know, unless it, <clears throat> that list had been pre-screened, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Again, uh, Gorsuch <laughs> is a moment that Republicans have been waiting for. Yeah, and, uh, and health healthcare was a moment they'd all been waiting for, but they screwed that up. And, and stupid me thinking the <laughs> the Trump White House vets anyone. They don't. They, they <laughs> right, don't vet right, anybody. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that is uh, that is the show for today. We've got lots more to talk about for the uh, postmortem show. And, and Buzz, you're going to stick around, right, for the postmortem? Absolutely. Show? Yeah. Postmortem for our Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash Bob and Jess. Go sign up at $5 a month. You get two postmortem shows a week. If you sign up at $10, you get two postmortem shows plus an after party each and every week. You sign up at $15 a month, you get all that crap plus uh, an unbelieved commercial free version of this show. So go do it. Patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. Also support the show at Amazon.com through our Amazon link. Go to BobSuska.com. Just beneath the logo, you'll see a big all caps link for that says Amazon link. It takes you right to the front page of Amazon.com, and you go shopping, and it helps support the show. Thank you. Okay, thank you to Buzz Burbank for joining us today. Thank you, Buzz. My pleasure, Bob. Uh, you can find Buzz's stuff at buzzburbank.com, also at realmnetwork.com, and I'm sure. What do you? I mean, uh, you make no secret about your real name. So you, oh, yeah, you, it's you on could, Facebook, Michael J. Elston. That was my first radio name. And there you so go. you can find me either by Buzz Burbank or Michael J. Elston on all the platforms of social media. The have a good day guy. Right. <laughs> Take care. See you on the Postmortem Show. Bye-bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.